Good afternoon, Amzanti, and welcome once again to the Conversation Room. It's yours in conversation, your girl Zandile Kuchwa. And yes, guys, as I have promised you, my guests have arrived on our talk show, which is based on the vet's protest. Now, guys, if some of you are either on Twitter, uh, Facebook, uh, Instagram, in fact, any social media uh, that you guys are following or maybe any social media accounts that you guys might have, you might have already known now about the vets are protest, uh, which started uh, earlier this month um, due to those to those students who did registered because uh, of their student debts, guys. And yes, um, our talk, guys, uh, is of the vet protest. Is that 1976 reloaded? Guys, are we having yet another 1976? Okay, guys, uh, in the studio, <laughs> I will say in the studio for now, uh, I have uh, two of my guests. Uh, unfortunately, the other one couldn't, wasn't um, uh, available or wasn't able to, to you know, join us. Um, so in the studio, I have um, Mr. Lishohonolo Ushoni Lipele, and also I have uh, Dr. Ese Tunjinjani. Okay, now guys, just a brief uh, bio on them, or maybe uh, let me rather say a profile on them. I will start with my first guest, which is um, Mr. Lishohonolo Ushoni Lipele. Uh, Mr. Lishohonolo, who is fondly known as Ushoni is an activist, a thought leader, and a pastor who is passionate about African youth, youth development, and diversity. Shoni is a youth and young adult pastor at Grace Point Church and has served in various committees and boards in the Methodist Church of Southern Africa, in short MCSA, and related economical, oh guys, English, civil organizations and parachurch movements. Shoni currently heads up an innovative ministry program aimed at hosting and developing course material that seeks to lead and inspire the South African church to engage on controversial topics that are paramount to the emerging culture of diversity. Shoni believes in social justice and the collaboration of churches and African religions and traditions as a means towards an authentic state of diversity in the emerging South African context. He is a student of theology, an innovator, strategist, and an advocate for contextual theology. I welcome you today, Mr. Cloney, on my podcast, The Conversation Room. Now, guys, we move to our second guest, Dr. S.A. Tunjinjani. I call him Dr. Don't ask me why, but I call him Dr. Uh, Dr. is born and raised in the dusty roads of Mbizana in the Eastern Cape, Umkaya, Bietunana. S.A. is a Bachelor of Arts majoring in politics, media, and anthropology with graduates. He holds honors, or rather, an, honor, an honors graduate majoring in media studies, and he's now a master candidate still at the Vets University. He's a student activist, an LGBTQI activist, and ally, and he believes in equal rights for all and feminist ally. I welcome you as well, Dr. Eseton Jinjan. Now, ladies and gentlemen, here we have our guests. Uh, I would not be based like I would not based uh, this talk more on questions, but rather I just want their opinions with regards with the vet protest. Now I believe that some of us, when we saw on the news what was happening, we were reminded, or rather, some of us old wounds were opened, wounds of 1976. Like guys, so many many years ago, and yet here we still are. 
as black children so undeserving of education, guys, so much so that we have to uh, result in violence. This reminded me of Soli Matlangu's quote, and I quote, when he talked or rather um, answered a judge that was presiding over his case, he said, what is the use of speaking to a government whose only response is violence? And here we are, guys, right, reliving his quotes once again. Mr. Cloney, as a youth pastor, you can see uh, how our youth are like, uh, fighting for education, fighting for to be included, you know, in, in education that Nelson Mandela once said it is the key to success. And also, seeing how our police were so armed and ready to go to war with students who were so unarmed as well. It reminded me of the infamous quote once again of Utata when he said, there's no keener revelation to a society than the way it treats its children. So what's your opinion on such things when they happen? And also, what are you, what are you saying to a, to a child now who's studying at VETS, who's sitting at home and asking himself or herself, where is God? Thank you. Um, I think once, once again, thank you for having me, you know. And I, I must really confess that um, though I've been an activist in various spaces, I do not speak as a topical expert on this particular matter. Um, but I speak of someone who's had an interest, one, as a youth worker in religious spaces, a youth pastor, as some may prefer to call it, um, but also as someone who's been involved in student politics, but not necessarily as a topical expert. And just a biblical point of departure that I can think of, for one, is when you look at the context that Jesus um, is, 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 is born into, the context of Judea, it is one where there is no access to religious education. It was an ethno-religious people, and therefore religious education was the main form of education. There is no access to religious education to women. And because of that, there is no expectation that a woman could ever emerge as a leader in that particular society, particularly a religious leader. But one of the things that Jesus does for us, um, in two encounters, it is really outlined very well, as written by John. Um, the first one is in John 4, when we have the encounter of the Samaritan woman. Um, the, the, the Samaritan woman encounters Jesus, but she encounters Jesus at an hour when no one else is at the well. I'm sure we've heard this whole story, this whole exegesis around this particular top, uh, passage. Um, but one of the things that also happens is that this woman who had isolated herself and tried by all means to avoid her community because of uh, how they labeled her and how they viewed her, Upon encountering Jesus, she realizes her voice and she goes out and she evangelizes and calls everyone in. Now, this is in a context where women would have never been religious leaders, but this woman is the one that's now going out and calling on people in our own community. But also, you've got a very interesting passage where we will probably read later on as we are in Easter, where um, Jesus encounters, where, 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 where Mary Magdalene is actually the first one to see the resurrected Jesus. And as we do in our church tradition, the Methodist church tradition, you would, uh, on an Easter morning, uh, you would have women who scream, and it's a very special um, part of the Easter experience. And um, the beauty of it is that, again, we see a Jesus who gives women 
who are excluded from religious education a very prominent role in the story of the gospel and they're given a voice and they lead in a particular religious space um, as in fact we can even confidently say that women are the first preachers of the gospel in as much as some churches are still in denial of this reality now the reason I am citing these two passages particularly um, is because we see how Jesus includes you know the kingdom and our conviction as a Christian people is that of inclusion that in a world where women had been had been rejected and excluded from the education from the system of education that was in place at that particular time there is a sense in which Jesus works against it that is the first thing now what does this mean for our context there is a sense in which as a Christian one who follows the very same Jesus I can never align myself with any thoughts or any action towards excluding any citizen and in actual fact, in saying, what is my response to this issue? I think this is an issue of access to education, and that's what we are dealing with here. That there are citizens that have been excluded. That there are citizens that have not been afforded an opportunity towards quality education. I think the issue is bigger than words. I think the issue is bigger than universities. I think the issue is bigger than South. But it is an issue of access to education that needs to be interrogated from the question of, I mean, from the early stage of ECD all the way up to say, is there access to quality education for each and every person in South Africa? And before I, you know, before I really head over to SHN, some of the things that I honestly hope to touch on, even as we continue this conversation, is saying this is an issue that was implicated even when we started with the lockdown and private schools continued with learning. Because mm. if you're mm. going to speak about universities only and want to prioritize that, you must remember that there are children this year who did matric last year who will not be able to access mm. university education because of the circumstances they had to complete their matric under. And the exclusion has begun at a much earlier stage than many of us would say it has. Over to you, Doctor. As well, we would also like to hear your opinion on this, um, and especially given the fact that you yourself are from the corridors of the infamous Vets University. Yes, so we'd just like you to touch on the issue as well. Okay, uh, thank you, Sam. Thank you for being with you. First of all, I think this is not a it's not a Vets issue. Um, it's as Tony has said, uh, it's, it's bigger than bits. Uh, it's a national crisis. Uh, it's, it's a crisis uh, at Ubusu. Uh, it's a crisis at, uh, uh, at UJ, at UP. It's, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a international crisis. Each uh, university, um, they are facing this. Uh, particularly uh, the black and poor students. So, uh, we have a, a huge problem as, um, as black students in, in university because each year we have to fight against the same system, the same system which is not kind to black and, and poor students. And I'll be using black and poor students a lot uh, because we are the majority. Vets University. Vets University, uh, they're like 37,000 students. 
and the majority of them is black. And the majority of those black students are on Anesphas. So the fact that you're Anesphas means you are poor, yes. you can't afford quality education, therefore you have to be on Anesphas. So this is a, is a matter of, um, this is a national crisis. It's, it's not a, a vet issue yes. alone. Uh, I've been at vets since 2016. Um, doing my paper qualification. Each year, each year, we have to fight against the same system. Each year, we have to protest against fears. 2015, there was fears That was before I was at vets. 2016, I was here. It was my, my first year of We had fees also. 2017, the, the way protests. 2018, the way protests. And now in 2020, we've been protesting against the same thing. Will our children also protest against the same thing? Coming to your, uh, to your question of, are, are we seeing 1976? Yes. Obviously, we are. Here you are talking about unarmed black students. Unarmed black students, we don't even have rocks in our hands. We don't even have shields uh, to protect us. But police, they cover the numbers and they shoot defenseless black students. What is their aim? What is their aim? Is their aim to, to kill? Is their aim to, to hurt us? Is, uh, is their aim to, to, to do what exactly? Because here we are talking about children of the poor and the, and, and the working class. And by the way, uh, Zander Dentroni, uh, the police, uh, they are part of the, of the middle class. Oh, my, mom, my, my mother is, uh, was a teacher. Airsler alone could not pay for its university. So, if if your if your mom is a, is a, is a police officer, Airsler alone cannot pay vets fees. That means those people they should be kind to us because we're also fighting for them. They should be kind to us because. Them as a police, they can they can afford to pay with the university. So if if you have self-funded students, vets, you don't even fast, you don't even basically, vets will require you to pay at least at least ten thousand per month to sustain you for your tuition and for your accommodation. Because my cost currently, I'm paying sixty-four thousand. Just for tuition. And my residence is around 58,000. That's 110,000. And you have to pay it in 10 months. Hence, I'm saying per month, you have to pay 10,000. Tell me, who can afford to pay 10,000 as a black person? Especially if, uh, if, uh, if, you, if, you, 
if you don't know uh, if you are just a teacher or you are just a nurse or just a policeman you can't afford you can't afford so I believe that we need the police to be very uh, lenient with us we need uh, the police to be very kind to us because this threat will also benefit them they have children who are at UJ. They have children who, who, are, who are at different uh, institutions of higher learning. This is not our fight alone. This is a fight for everyone, including them. Indeed. Yes. Indeed. Indeed. There you've had it, folks. How oh, as sad as it is. Well, it happened, guys, and... Uh, the plea by Udogta here is that the police needs to be at least lenient because after all they too have kids man who attend these universities and once again thank you brother Tony for enlightening me that this is much more of a national crisis and thank you to Esetu for pinpointing it much further and yes guys it's a national crisis because we've just heard now that uh, TUT is now a what? a hotspot as well <laughs> Yes, duty is now a hotspot as well, meaning that the black child is really fighting for a black child. And guys, not against a black child. So we plead to the police out there to fight for the black child. And thank you once again, guys, for joining me. It is really much appreciated. It's very much appreciated. As I've told you as well, that I was a bit anxious about this whole thing. I was feeling all kinds of feelings, you know. And uh, guys, I would not close without showing um, just a little gratitude and, and appreciation to my sister, uh, for gracing me and us, in fact, with her presence as well. Meaning, I'm going far, guys. You watch this space. And yes, guys, that is your girl, yours in conversation, Uzandile signing out. Love and peace, guys.